Hey everyone and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. So today we are um, here with Miranda. Also for some of you, if you've probably come across from Twitch from both of us, uh, you will also know as Twisted Hippie or just Hippie or maybe just Twisted. I don't know how she talks to you. <laughs> um, so yeah, today we're just going to be talking basically about uh, Miranda's story. So we're going to go through that and then you know the drill. We'll just go into a lot of different things and it's going to go in any direction possible. Um, so how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm going to go off to the gym, having, having a, a nice workout to finish the day. I'm, I'm actually going to be doing the same, to be honest. Hey, there you go. Great minds. <laughs> All right. So, well, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, obviously, um, you know, I've, I've come across you on Twitch. Um, I know um, some of the people that you know, I'm friends with a couple of them. Um, and um, although we'd never really connected and Discord tells tells us that we don't have any friends in common. I'm like, we definitely do. Um, definitely. <laughs> but, but there you go. Um, so uh, yeah, we connected because I, obviously I, I heard um, a, a bits of your story on um, Legendary Jigs mm -hmm. and um, some other places I've heard um, Dave, uh, Mindset by Dave, who some of you watching will know. Obviously, I've done uh, an interview with Mindset by Dave. So, you know, go into the playlist. You can find it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was um, a story that a lot, of, a lot of people should probably hear for many reasons. One of them being that um, to know that they're not the only ones, uh, which I think right. is the same with a lot of stories. Um, but I think <clears throat> with, with certain stories, a lot of people can believe not only that they're the only one, that it's their fault, and um, it just becomes a self-destructive self cycle. So um, before we get into anything else, would you like to just kind of tell us <laughs> your story, your journey? And everything <laughs> All right. Um, as you said, my name is Miranda. I'm also known as Twisted Hippie on Twitch. Uh, a lot of people just call me Hippie for short. Um, that's just because basically I am 27 years old with the heart and the soul of an old ass woman <laughs> that should have been born in the 70s, if you haven't noticed behind me. <laughs> um, I've been through quite a lot. Um, and I honestly didn't think that I would make it to my 27th birthday, but here I am. I'm thriving. I'm happy. I'm still pushing. Um, I've got a lot of things that have held me back. Uh, that I've kind of like learned to process and get through. I suffer from severe anxiety. Um, I do have a mild case of depression. Um, it's It goes on and on. ADHD, OCD, paranoia, just it's a whole bunch of lists. But, you know, it's been a lot easier lately being able to cope with some of that stuff. So yeah. they, they <clears throat> do like to bunch together, don't they, those kind of things. <laughs> yeah it yeah. sure does okay um well i have actually this is the happiest i've ever been <laughs> my whole entire life i've worked so hard to get to the spot that i'm in um uh, for the past couple of months uh it's been basically a regathering myself from my recent relationship that I just got out of. I was in for 12 years. And I know a lot of people are like, whoa, how is it 12 years if you're only 27 years old? High school. <laughs> That's all I got to say is we went back all the way back to high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I thought that I thought that was my person, but mm. um, it didn't turn out to be so. 
Um, I've uh, been through suicide. I have, um, I've actually, if we, if we want to go into suicide, I have successfully killed myself three different times on three different occasions. Um, I have been brought back literally the very last one was at the very last second. Um, they, if they would have been 30 seconds longer, I would not be sitting here in front of you right now. (laughs) Um, so that's, that's, that's why I try to like reach out to people who have those suicidal thoughts. Um, I know a lot of people just want to use suicide as like a, as like a, a way out, but it's, it's not fun. I will, it's not fun. I'm not, (laughs) I can sit here and laugh about it, but that was the worst agony I've ever been in. And I could, I could vividly like explain to you everything that was going on too, even Mm. in, it was just dark and I can explain absolutely everything that was going on. It's just life flashing before my eyes and just everybody being able to see everybody upset after hearing that I was dead, blah, blah, blah. So I am a self-harm survivor as well. That's why I have my tattoos. Um, They cover most of my, most of my scars. I still got a few that could be seen and I'm working on getting the rest covered. Um, That's, that was kind of my muse to kind of pull myself from that is cover something that harmed me and turned it into something beautiful. So I'm turning that around. Do you find, sorry, just a quick going, because I know a lot of people that have, that have tattoos like that. Um, but because you have OCD and I have OCD as well, um, diagnosed OCD, anyone wondering out there, <laughs> OCD doesn't mean turn the light off five times. Fuck off with that. Um, <laughs> the, do you find that, the, that there's almost two parts to the tattoo in that one, it covers up that pain mm-hmm. with something beautiful, and something, but also it stops you from doing it again because you don't want to fuck up the tattoo. Yes, actually, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you like look at it, you're just like, oh, this is too pretty. I can't do it. I just yeah, can't it's a do weird it. thing. I I think a lot of people um that don't understand suicide, especially don't understand OCD, um, might think that's a really weird reason not to harm yourself because oh well, you've got other things to live for. And that's the thing. No, not right. helpful. Um, but actually OCD, especially with intrusive thoughts and things like that, can be so overpowering mm-hmm. that if that is telling you do not do this because of something else that actually stops you from doing it way more than what everyone else is telling you not to. So that's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I just thought I'd, um, I'd just jump in and check because I I assume. Yeah. It's, it's also, it's also on a, a a pain circumstance uh, point of view as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people, as a self-harm survivor, I can, or person who did used to do it, I can tell you that I would get so depressed that I wouldn't feel anything. So the only yeah. way to feel something was to self-harm. Yeah, I hear that a lot. And in order for, you know, sometimes the, the, the slightest little mark, like it could be, I didn't do this. I punched something in my car by accident and it cut me. Mm. But it could be something as, you know, light as this but it all you couldn't if you don't feel that then you're gonna go deeper you're gonna make Mm. it bigger and um so it's just like the needle of the tattoo gun just kind of replaces that 
that pain feeling. But instead of it being a negative pain, it's a positive pain because you're replacing the negative with the beauty, such as the tattoo. Yeah, yeah. So uh, tattoos, yes, they are very addicting, uh, especially from a self-harm survivor so <laughs> i also think tattoos just feel nice to get in general anyway i have several and they look really cute <laughs> they look nice they look really good <laughs> i mean i i have the one um the main one it's that i always talk about because i i designed all, all my tattoos and that one and they they put it on there so um yeah that 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 was fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah most of my tattoos have meanings but most of them some of them don't and i'm just like okay it's all right they don't always have to have meaning, you know, sometimes it, sometimes you need a spur of the moment. Hey, let's go get, you know, a random tattoo and just place it somewhere and then just talk about how we got it, what made us get it without the, the, uh, meaning behind it. I also fidget a lot, but that's my, uh, that's my anxiety. <laughs> I, I, I do this all the time. So don't worry about it. You're yeah, fine. I, yeah. I like, I like to turn a lot too, cause it keeps me moving. <laughs> It's the, that's the 70s yeah. uh, vibe coming through there. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, sometimes I just don't know where to start. What, wherever it may be comfortable or whether you want to start or, or whatever. There's nothing, for those that are listening, there are no off limits in, in these um, chats. Um, and I have talked about previously why I don't do trigger warnings. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're damaging um so yeah just wherever you feel you can start i think is the main thing um i do i honestly think that i uh more men and women but mostly women but you know it does happen to men too um i feel like rape is a very very touchy subject for some people and um I know a lot of uh, rape survivors don't like to talk about what happened and who it was with and how it happened, blah, 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 blah. But I'm different <laughs> because I want I want to be able to help people because I, for years and years and years, I always thought it was my fault that it happened to me. Yeah. Like, cause my mom wasn't around, it was my fault, blah, 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 blah. It was my fault. But as I grew older, I think maybe when I hit, um, I think I didn't even tell my mom till I was 21, though it, my stepdad, who is still currently serving three life sentences in jail right now for child molestation, rape, whatever it may be, um, he's still there and he's going to die there because of the place that he's at, the state that he's in. They don't, they don't really take too kindly to, to, people who do things to children um but when it happened to me I was actually seven years old no I moved down here when I was seven years old I was maybe five six almost six and um my mom was a nurse so she would work nights and my stepdad was an alcoholic and my mom wasn't home and he was pissed off about something or he had something going on and his way of taking his anger out was apparently sex, which some people do as a form of release. Um, I could go into how it happened, but I'm not going to because I know that is a trigger warning for some people who cannot talk about their situations. 
Um, he was dressed as a clown, so I am scared of clowns. It's not as bad as it used to be because I've learned that, you know, not it's it's just who portrays the clown. Um, but I didn't tell my mom until I was 21. So that's what, 16 years. Yeah. So for that 16 year period, I spent my whole adolescence blaming myself. I'm sorry, my cat's just having a fit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I spent uh, my whole adolescence just blaming myself and wanting to know why was I the one that this happened to? Like, out of all the people in the world, why did it happen to me? What did I do that was so wrong that I deserved to be treated this way at five years old? Yeah. Um. It has brought a lot of, um, I don't want to say intimacy issues, but body issues. Um, I, for the longest time, I used to, I used to hate the way I looked. I used to hate it. <laughs> yeah. But the more that I'm being able to, even, even when I was dating my ex, you know, they were supposed to they were you know uh sorry i had to get <laughs> um they're supposed to help you with your body and stuff and i never got the help from him hmm. so i've basically been doing this on my own um the times that i were supposed to feel sexy i never did because it never happened um so like i i just turned 20 not just turned but i turned 27 in december i'll be 28 this year so literally the past six months basically well exactly five months if yeah. you want to say it um i've like i've learned i've fallen in love with the way i look i've learned to appreciate my body for the way it is the size it is the scars that i have the stretch marks the the pudges the cellulite whatever the freak it may be you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's it is it is something that's, that's really hard for people with um because body issues are really especially for those that don't understand body issues can be a fucking nightmare um, pain in the ass yeah yeah i have a lot of people i talk to on, on, on twitch that you know it, i've always said to people if they if they're trying to lose weight for instance that you'll never there's no point to losing weight there's no point to doing anything with your body unless you like something about you first mm -hmm. because otherwise you're always trying to find something that you'll never find you're you're, right. you're reaching you're reaching for a, a perfection that isn't there if you like something i mean I, I lost a lot of weight i was i'm about six stone lighter than i was so god what's that in american actually it's the same system but for some reason we use stone and pounds and you just use pounds um yeah, it's like 84 pounds. 84 pound mm -hmm. um, okay. so um yeah from that i really like my calf muscles really random one but i <laughs> from there went okay calf muscles mm -hmm. cool and then all the all the stages down i could find it but for you obviously it sounds like you were never really able to have that because mm -hmm. it was <laughs> You know, you, you, I'm guessing maybe some of the body issues were also because, and this is assumptive, so just tell me to shut the fuck up if I'm wrong. No, no, but, go um, ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming a lot of it was also almost because 
you didn't want to be attractive or sexy or anything because that was what was your fault that was what happened and so or, or for clarification not your fucking fault not what happened what you thought right. was my and fault, so right. um, and so that was what you were trying to avoid because I have heard that from people before of similar issues so um I think my issue was that because I held it in for so long and I dealt with it being my fault it was also part of the reason that I did self-harm so if I were to stand in front of a mirror and look at myself and see all of my scars, especially before my tattoos, I would be like, nobody will want to look at this. Nobody wants to see what you've done to yourself. And they wouldn't even bother to care why either. Yeah. Um, but the more like after I told my mom and being able to. I should have told her sooner, but I was scared because um, before he went to jail, he tracked us out of we were living in the state of New York at the time. He tracked us down to the state that we moved to and was calling us. He was sending us letters to the, the address we were living at. So I was terrified because if I were to say anything, he told me he was going to kill me. So as a five-year-old girl, I'm not going to say anything to anybody at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, you know, when I did get my first boyfriend, I, at the beginning, I did feel a little bit sexy, but then I started realizing that my body was just being used for sex. And that's just all that everybody wanted from me that wanted to talk to me and be with me. So that kind of sparked up more body issues. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should get fat so I'm not attractive and they don't lust for my body because I'm not yeah. looking for that kind of thing. Um, but I've, uh, I've lost quite a bit of weight. So I'm at a, I'm, I'm healthy. Um, I've gotten to the point where I know that my scars show where I've came from. And they are not ugly. They are just as beautiful as the situ as the situation that they happened in. And I say that meaning just because the situation was bad doesn't mean that it's still bad. It was a beautiful situation because it allowed me to to grow um, and to learn not only more about myself, but about how to deal with certain emotions and feelings and uh, situations and how to handle things mentally. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's, that's where that part came from. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I don't think it's something that, that most of us can understand. And I mean, I, I've said on podcasts and things before that I, I have issue with the word understanding and the issue, the issue with the word em empathy, because I find them both mm. bullshit yeah. because you will not understand because you are not that person. You cannot right. understand, even if you have the same issues, me and you both have um, OCD. doesn't mean, you know what my OCD is. doesn't mean I know what yours is. Right. Um, so I can't understand. And empathy is um, insultingly because of your name is a hippie ass way of trying to say shit <laughs> it's it's nonsense it, it, empathy yeah. uh, especially it's pushed in this kind of fucking you know mm -hmm. 
hold this amethyst crystal and suddenly I can tell you the world fuck off yeah. um it's it's just nonsense and I think for 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 your story it's um and for for that that part of it as well is that's really difficult for for any for most people to even think about how the hell you got through any of it because as a, as a child most of us are just going what the fuck you know why we, me why 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 yeah. that's literally all that i asked myself for years was why and yeah. then everything just like stemmed from there um i before all this happened with my stepdad and stuff i was still i was my mom never actually married my biological father ever right um they were together for a couple years um but they never lasted long enough so it, it was a split household so i my dad got married or had a girlfriend and then had a baby with this woman and while he was out cooking she had ms so she would just sit in a wheelchair at the computer I can tell you exactly what she was playing, exactly how long she would play it for. She was playing Pogo.com. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's like an online game thing. And she would play that from six, seven in the morning to about one, two in the morning. And she wouldn't leave. I would get her food. I would, only time she would leave is if she had to go to the bathroom. Mm. I would be there sitting there taking care of I I'm a I'm still an adolescent child. I'm six, maybe seven years old, still going on with uh, taking care of a two year old. Maybe. Well, no, he was he was an infant almost because mm. um, my little brother is seven years younger than me. So he was basically an infant. So I'm this child taking care of an infant and I, I was just like that for a couple years before I moved down uh, to North Carolina. And um, after a while, his wife started getting in his head, talking about, oh, your son, which is his youngest son, I should say. Mm. His youngest son was his only child. So it got to the point where my dad would sit there and be like, okay, well, you're nothing to this family. You're just a mistake. You shouldn't have been born, blah, blah, blah. So on top of that, I was also dealing with what I was going through with my stepdad at the same time. Yeah. But I couldn't tell my mom what was going on because, yeah. Um, but she, I mean, she knew to an extent about my dad and stuff, but it, she never knew about my stepdad. Um, and just for years, my dad would just like push me off to the side. Like, you you don't mean anything to this family. You shouldn't have been born. Your mama should have aborted you. Blah, 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 blah. And as the years got older, or as the years got went by and I got older, as I moved down here, um, my mom would still try to, it, it's a 12-hour drive from where we lived to where we moved from. So he would drive 15 hours to go to the beach which is literally going straight to where we lived but never wanted to meet my mom and pick me up so i can hang out with him and the family and the one time he did 
he didn't want to bring me back, so he left me stranded six years old at a fucking gas station somewhere just by myself. No phone, no nothing. My mom had to drive three hours to come pick me up. I mean, it's the dehumanization there because you've been given nothing. You've, you've, you know, you've had innocence taken away at, at one end and then the other side, you've got, you know, your, your, your mistake, your nothing, which is, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it doesn't give you much, much room to, to go anywhere because mm -hmm. what you'd want is even if you hadn't told your parents, you'd want just, unconditional love because they're your love. parents yep. um and from one of your parents you're being told you're nothing mm -hmm. and so you're, you're having to rely on someone that doesn't know what's going on right so, which <sighs> is yeah the fact that you can even talk in any way about it now i think will be quite surprising for most people because it does it's as if you've had all humanity taken from you yeah snatched from you at a point at which you don't really understand anything i mean mm -hmm. i don't know about um in the in the us but in the uk it's between the ages of eight and 12 is when you start to be given permission in court to choose which parent you want to live with for instance so that's when you're that's when you're kind of legally thought to actually know anything mm -hmm. so for, for you you're even before like before that you you don't really have the cognitive function to yeah. understand other than i'm not wanted but i'm used which mm -hmm. is horrific to think but yeah. i mean yeah it got to the point where where my dad would even tell me that my uncle, which is his brother, who lives in a completely different state that I've never even met before, was my dad. <laughs> and I think at the age of 16 was when I found out I had two older siblings. And I my mom said, I will drive you 12 hours just so you can go meet them for the first time. And she did. She surely did. And we get there. I mean, we were we were in our team. Well, I was. God, I can't remember. It's maybe like 17 or 18 at 16, 17 at the time. Mm. And that was the first time that I've ever met my older siblings. And all my dad would sit there and tell us was, you guys are not my kids. Only this one is, which he was talking about, the youngest one. So it was just a whole, all three of us were there. And it was just like, so you're going to, you gathered all three of us here just to tell us that we're not your kids in front of your son, like your actual son. Come on now. We're still your kids too. Just because we have different mothers doesn't mean we're not your, you, you know, your, your kid. And then after a while, uh, it's just the communication between us stopped. Um, I would try to stay in contact with my little brother and he would take all my letters and he would throw them away. And he would tell my little brother that I don't exist and I was never his sister. And it was just a step stepsister situation. Like I was, I was my mom's daughter and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That kind of a thing. And then my brother turned 18, my younger brother turned 18, and he took the initiative to reach out to me. And ever since then, him and I have been like the best of friends. And he knows everything that happened. And now that he's old enough, or since he was old enough to think for himself, 
he was able to realize who the real piece of shit in the situation was rather yeah. than me being portrayed as it was me. Yeah. Um, I also remember that when I was in high school, my dad found my Facebook when I first created it. And you know how when you're in high school, you create those cute little nicknames or whatever. I created a, a, a nickname and he was like, oh, you're just a whore. You're just nothing but um, a cum dumpster. Everyone's just going to come in you and leave you and blah, blah, blah. I was like, you're talking to a 17 year old girl who you don't know, but was taken advantage of by her mom's husband <laughs> yeah so that just that just was no help at all and i literally had nobody to fall on i couldn't tell my grandparents i couldn't tell my mom um it was already too much going on with the with the court systems because the court systems in new york are super super finicky um my mom had to write down every conversation that I had with my dad. Uh, she she tried to fight for custody for me and he fought back. But why did he fight back if I was such a mistake? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm sitting here and I'm wondering like, okay, so I'm confused. Does he want me? Does he not want me? And then as the years go by, he's just like, oh yeah, fuck her. She doesn't exist. She, she was never born. And that's literally how it is to this day is I can talk, I can call my little brother up right now and I could talk to him for hours, but my my dad will sit there and say, oh, why are you talking to her? That's not your sister. That's That has nothing to do with her. Like, you don't know her, blah, 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 blah. It's just crazy. And when my stepdad, he literally ran us out of the state of New York. Mm -hmm. And in order to get away from that, uh, we had to move in, to North Carolina um, with my grandparents. And... My mom came home one night and this is, we got ran out because my mom came home one night and my dad was, my stepdad was an alcoholic. So he was drunk as hell and he was very abusive, not just to her, but to me and his two daughters as well. Cause he had two daughters of his own. Wow. And, um, I remember, I remember them arguing about something and then my mom was just running around the house, just trying to get away from him. He destroyed all of my all of my childhood pictures. I have nothing from my childhood at all. I don't have, I can't remember much because my brain, I have short-term memory loss, so I can't remember too much from too far back, mm. um, unless it's a major event in my life. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, I don't have any pictures of me as a baby. I don't have a picture of me growing up for the first nine years of my life it's gone it's all gone i have no, no no recollection of it at all um at eight years old was when i learned how to call the police right. um my stepdad was this close well he i don't know if you know them katana swords them really really long ones maybe about that long yeah yeah, <laughs> I'm trying because this light, I have to keep the light on. Otherwise, my camera goes haywire. <laughs> um, he had her pinned on the couch and was literally this close from decapitating her in front of me. And if I if I was not able to call the police, I don't know where I would be right now, if I would even still be here or not. But I know my mom damn sure wouldn't be here right now. 
And because that was so traumatic, we moved to a different state. And then my mom's whole mental health just went out the fucking window. She slept all day. She drank all night. She worked at a bar. She was doing drugs. She was never around. Like for my whole high school, for the first two years of high school, it was just my grandparents were my mom and my dad. Because my mom just didn't want to, she didn't want to be a mom. She, she just wanted to party, get drunk, do drugs, do whatever she could, stay out all night. And then she would come home, stay up, have sex with all these people. And then just, um, just do it again. Just sleep all day. Just wake up and just go right back to work. She would never spend time with me, wouldn't help me with my homework. Every time I asked her to do stuff, she wouldn't do it. Um, so not only did I lose my dad, but I lost my mom as well. I didn't really lose my mom, but in a sense, I mentally lost my mom because she, yeah. she couldn't help me when I needed the help that I needed. Yeah. And that's when I started looking up to my grandfather. I love my grandfather to fucking death. He is my favorite person ever (laughs) that man saved my life like he he helped me think the way that i think he he helped me realize that if you want to be better you have to do better and if you want to be better for yourself you have to do better for yourself um he's definitely the one that taught me that doesn't matter there there are cracks in concrete and if yeah the right seed gets put in that crack and it's watered correctly, a flower will grow. Mm. And that has stuck with me for years. And I've been through multiple, multiple jobs trying to keep myself, you know, busy and keep my mind busy. And I used to, I used to, uh, I used to depend on people a lot. Um, I couldn't be alone at all. Mm. And I was afraid to be alone because I was afraid that if I were to be by myself and I let my guard down, then something in my brain was going to trigger and I'm just going to spiral downward and nobody's going to be around to help me and I'm never going to get out. And I don't know what could happen because the mind of a human is the scariest thing. It could go super, super crazy deep or it could go, you know, one it's there's no in between. It's one or the other. Yeah, it's it's one of the worst things as well. I, I had somebody talking earlier to me about um, the feeling the world was against them. And it was mm-hmm. that, unfortunately, it's not the world, it's yourself that's against you because you're, the demons in your brain know all your pressure points because mm-hmm. it's you attacking yourself. It's just that you don't know what direction it's coming from. So, yeah. So in high school, I met my ex-boyfriend, and I thought he was everything. Like he was my best friend. Um, he knew everything about me. He knew everything I've been through. Like everyone knew about what I went through except for my family. My grandparents to this day still, I'm pretty sure, don't know what happened with my stepdad. <laughs> was, there, was, there, was there a specific like reason that people at school knew that your your family didn't? Did you just feel more comfortable or, or what was it? Um. 
I think I, I only told a certain amount of people. I told maybe about four or five people that I was really close to at the time about mm-hmm. what I went through. And it was it was just easier being able to talk to somebody my age versus a parent. Because wow. as a parent, you're not gonna wanna hear that something like that has happened to your child. Yeah. And I going back to your thing about empathy is like i don't give empathy but i am an empath so i can feel people's emotions so when i feel their emotions i take those emotions on and it becomes me Mm. and so i just i i didn't know how to quote unquote control that i know that sounds so weird (laughs) but it is I, I had a friend the other day that was really upset and I, I've tried to make myself depressed lately and I just can't because I'm not used to being happy, but they were so upset. Like at first it didn't bother me. And then when I laid down, it just hit me like a train. I was like, Whoa, this is how they felt. (laughs) This is how they're feeling. Like, how do I, how do I come out of this so I can help them come out of it? That's a bit like um, there's an old uh, saying about um, uh, was it? It's when um, someone walks along and falls down a hole, and a friend walks past and they say, um, "Can you help me?" And they just throw money down. It's gonna go, yeah, buy your way out, find a way out. And then another buy friend comes out, around. Yeah. Another friend comes along and they're like, um, "Can you help me?" He's like, oh, I don't know. What the fuck am I gonna do? And then the third <laughs> friend comes along. He's like, "Can you help me?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." And he jumps in the hole. He's like, "What the mm-hmm. fuck are you doing?" Now we're both down here. He's like, "Yeah, but I know the way out." Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's you know, I've been here before and I know the way out. So it was just easier being able to talk to somebody my age, especially if they haven't been through it, because then I was able to tell them exactly what my mind was telling me during Mm. this whole time about how I'm not worth it. And I deserved it. And it was my fault. And it happened to me because of da 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 da. But if I were to sit there and talk to my mom about this, then she's gonna be like, oh, no, 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 it wasn't your fault. You did nothing wrong. It's just blah. You, you, as a parent would do, they're gonna say whatever they want to say to make sure that you understand that it wasn't your fault. Hmm. And sometimes that's the hardest part because you have to learn it wasn't your fault on your own. Yeah. In my opinion, you have you have to you have to be the one to tell yourself and actually make yourself believe, hey, it was not my fault. It was not my fault. It was not my fault. It was not me. It was just an unseri- a series of unfortunate events, and I just happened to be there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know. I don't know if I'd put it as unfortunate events. I think I'd be yeah. a bit harsher, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I suppose the point is if you're just told something continually, if your mental health is fucked already, you don't necessarily let those thoughts in because you really put a barrier up. So if you break the barrier from the inside, it's far easier to do than breaking it from the outside. So I used to think that because of all of that, I used to think that I was nothing but what everyone was telling me. Like, I this is this is what I'm supposed to be in life. Like, I'm supposed to be this girl that everyone's allowed to do whatever the the hell they want to and just be okay with it. And um, after I got a taste of that, I was like, fuck no. (laughs) I got older and I was like, nope, this is not how I want to live. 
this is not healthy for for my brain like i i got so tired of going through that mental battle every day and i was just ready to fight back yeah <laughs> i was ready to get myself i was ready to find who i was yeah. versus what people were trying to make me believe that i am yeah so yeah it gets it's trying to fight back against it is, is one of the hard, it's going to be the hardest thing in general for anything and, and from your situation when you're back there from an age that you don't really don't really not only do you not understand you don't really remember by the sounds of it either so I don't do, remember much no do you are you i mean going back to the point you made earlier about losing every everything from then are you almost happy that you lost all that or uh that that one's um it's hit or miss on that one because I I fully believe that if I didn't go through what the hell that I went through, then I wouldn't be able to be here and be who I am. I don't know who I would be or how I would be. And I wouldn't be able to sit here and openly talk about this to help people who feel that nobody understands because for years, for years, I told myself that I'm the only one who felt like this. If I were to tell somebody, nobody's actually going to care. Nobody's actually going to understand those those thoughts that are in between the lines that we don't speak about. Yeah. So. Especially, I mean, of, of everything that you, you kind of listed at the beginning, especially with something like OCD, which people don't understand, comes with a lovely dose of intrusive thoughts um and from the shit you've been through there's going to be stuff that you're thinking that just you're going to be convinced of stuff that's never happened as well yeah. as and i don't mean that i will clarify that for anyone that's listening you'll you will imagine things that you have done mm -hmm. that are bullshit yeah. um there was a um, we have a journalist over here who i can never remember uh, Bryony gordon um, who was the first person to properly interview Prince Harry about his depression. Um, and she suffers from OCD and she had horrific thoughts um, that she knew weren't real and her husband knew weren't real, but she had to be pretty much held down by her husband and told this did not, this, you haven't done anything wrong. And of course yeah. that's coming from a past that she didn't have trauma in. Um, whereas for yourself, it's going to be incredibly difficult mm -hmm. to throw that against everything else that you're going through. As I, uh, as I went through high school, I became close with a couple people, but mm. I, 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 as soon as I moved down here, I met my best friend. His name was Jalen. Mm. Um, we, three, seven, it would be 15 years this year. Um, he was actually murdered in 2012. Right. Um, my very first friend when I moved away from all of that was murdered. <laughs> so when that happened, uh, that was actually the first funeral I, I ever, ever spoke at ever. <laughs> um, that's actually why I got my cat right here. Um, he uh. is my emotional support because of that. He, he was literally the only guy that my family would allow sleep at the house because they knew nothing was happening. And it was the same with his family. And he was black. So at the time, it was kind of like a it was it was rough for him because of his color. 
And mm. I just, I, I've always been told it doesn't matter what you sound like, what you look like. We're all the same. We have the same amount of bones in our body and our skeletons look exactly the same. We are the same. Yeah. That's just how I've been brought up. Mm. Um, but when I lost my best friend, I like, I, I lost everything because he helped me stay afloat after being ran out of the state of New York and after dealing with the stuff from my dad. Um, and the stuff from my mom because she was not around. Yeah. So when that happened, I, I was uh, just started dating dating my ex. Yeah. And um, so he was there for that as well. And then I lost somebody who I considered a sister because we started going to a church together. And I met this girl. Her name was Haley. And she was 16 when she passed away she passed away of ewing sarcoma and um she was like my literally she was literally like my little sister Mm. and i remember her mom calling me telling me the day that she passed away this might be the only thing that makes me cry. <laughs> Everything else I'm okay with, but this this one kind of got me. I can feel it. That's why I'm saying it. Um, she told me that the last words out of her mouth were my name. Not even her mom's name. It wasn't mom. It wasn't mommy. It wasn't dad. It wasn't daddy. It was Miranda. Where is Miranda? Miranda, where are you? I love you. Where are you? That's all she was saying. Stuff like that. And I was working three jobs at the time. So I couldn't just up and leave because I would have probably lost my job. And then I wouldn't have been able to have money to to pay my bills at the time. Mm. So by the time I got off and I called her back, she was like, Haley passed away. So I'm like, okay. So the first person that I get close to was taken from me. Then I finally get the courage to get close to somebody again, and they're taken from me as well. So during this time, I'm over here. I'm like, bro, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, what what is so bad about me that's, that's making God take everything from me? You took my dad. You took my mom. You took my best friend you took my little sister i don't have my siblings it 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 was hard (laughs) it was hard um so it was just i i uh depended on my ex because my ex was there for that too Mm. because he's the one who brought me to that church so i'm over here i'm so dependent on him This is while I was in high school. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to wind up being together forever. We had our... um, Thoughts of uh, high school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had our first um, first date or whatever. Sorry, my headset's dying. We had our first date or whatever. And um, the first time we ever had sex together, I got pregnant and he didn't believe me and he wound up 
punching me so hard on my stomach that I lost it because he didn't believe me. And, um, so we went through, you know, on and off high school kind of stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then his best friend hung himself a couple years ago. Literally as he was leaving his house, his best friend hung himself. And, um, he walked back in the house to go say bye and he's just hanging there Mm. on the noose and the first person of course he we we didn't talk for a couple of months during that time frame but the first person he called was me Mm. and because of because of the person that i am i feel like i was trauma bonded with him yeah what i mean by trauma bonded is i felt the necessity to stay with him because he was there when I lost my best friends and he helped quote unquote, pull me out of it, but not really. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely something that I, I, I think a lot of people have got into in, in various forms, um, trauma bonding with someone where it's not good mm. for anybody at all i mean and but unfortunately it's it's almost like um like a fucked up version of a hollywood film mm-hmm. in the you know speed or something like that they end up getting together because they, someone's been trying to kill them for the past um hour and a half of the film and that's then kind of bonded them but in in real life it's it does kind of set a pattern of self-destruction unfortunately yeah it trauma bonding in my experience just it wires your brain to think that you have to be with this person because Mm. of so on and so on and so on and being able to like tell yourself otherwise that's the hardest part um I know exactly what he was feeling because for years and years and years, I wished it was me. I wished it was me. I wished it was me. Why couldn't have been me? It was my fault. I should have, it should have been me instead, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And every time I did that, instead of being there for me, he would be like, oh, you're being fucking stupid. Stop acting like that. Oh, but when you're put in this situation, you wish it was you and you know what I'm saying? So I felt trauma bonded that I had to fix that part of him. Mm. And when I started getting into trying to fix him, it kind of like he wound up living with me. I didn't even ask him to move in. He just didn't, he, he spent the night one night and didn't leave and he didn't have a job. He quit. So he didn't work for like two years, like a year and a half. And after that, I mean, I'm working as a waitress. I don't know how your waitressing over there is, but here you get paid $2 and 13 cents an hour. Yeah. We have at the end wage, of the night. So. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the night, you have to claim everything. So the most I've ever gotten on an actual federal paycheck from a restaurant was maybe it was no more than two dollars yeah so i was living off tips trying to 
pay rent, trying to take care of two people, trying to keep food in the house, trying to take care of my cat, trying to keep gas in the car, trying to and still be able to go out and be a teenager slash young adult because here I am going into my late teens, early 20s. Mm. And um, I literally just like started taking care of them. And then instead of instead of taking care of my mental health during this, I pushed myself aside and I took on all of his. I took on his dreams. I took on his problems. I took on his wants, his needs, his his aspirations that he wanted. I took on everything that he had in his mind versus what I had in mine. And um, I, that was the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> I really, if I could, if I could go back and tell myself, I would just tell myself to walk away. Yeah. Um, because it got to the point where once he realized that that's what was happening, he took that thought and ran with it. Mm. And... We are no longer together. Uh, we actually did break up in December. Um, I he He's cheated on me multiple times. And I, at least I have the balls to say that it partially is my fault. Yes. And that's only because the first time he did it, I stayed. As any person who loves somebody would. The second time he did it, I stayed. Again, so me being an adult, I realized, okay, well, that is partially my fault because I was so trauma bonded, I didn't want to walk away when I yeah. knew I should have. Is, is there's there's issues with that? I, of obviously, though, I mean, I I I don't know if I'd for once not actually be as harsh. Um, I don't know if I'd be as harsh on you as you are on yourself by saying it's your fault. I think, like you say, from the trauma bonding, there's there's a lot of shit that was happening otherwise and i think it, it's it's a debate that a lot of people have about whether they can walk away from a partner so i don't know if maybe your it, it's the easiest way for you to move on from it because you've given yourself some control by saying i went from my fault to not but i don't know i don't know i mean it's 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 not my story but i just i don't know <laughs> if you're being a little bit harsh on yourself there i'm not i i um it's not my fault. I know it's not my fault, but I do believe partially that I am to blame for staying with him and going through the last year of our relationship when I knew I should have left. Because if I would have left the first time he cheated, I could have saved so much heartache after that. Um, he cheated on me in March... 2019 or yeah 2019 mm. 2019 yes and then um i was like okay so i'm gonna handle this differently i'm going to we're gonna try again and we're gonna you know i'm just gonna be a different person or a different female or a different girlfriend this time yeah and um I thought it was working out pretty, pretty damn well for a while. Um, I got my first quote unquote big girl job from a waitress hmm. working at a repo company. And um, 
at this time, he we were still living in a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, it was actually the one before I moved into the one that I'm in now. Yeah. Oh. Um, we were in a one-bedroom apartment, and yeah. it was infested with roaches. So I was trying to do everything that I can to move myself in a better, move us into a cleaner apartment because the apartment complex didn't want to do anything about it. Yeah. They just wanted to tell me, oh, it's it's because you're dirty. I'm OCD. Like this, I, I know this, this right here looks completely disgusting to me. And all I know that it just looks like clutter. It's just supposed to be there. But mm. it's, this is dirty to me. This is part of my OCD. Um. So I, I, I come home and I clean every day, um, but I was working three jobs or two jobs on top of my big girl job that I got. So I finally quit my waitressing job. Then his dad decided to give him a mechanic shop, bought it for him. All he had to do was go into work, make the money, and that's it. Mm. Well... It got to the point where he didn't want to wake up. So he would sleep. I would go to work. Oh. At eight o'clock in the morning and yeah. I would morning to wake him up. Hey, you've got to go run your shop. Then it got to the point where he was like, oh, I don't want to be up there by myself because during the day it was just him. Mm. So I was like, okay. If you work with me during the day and you make it up there, I will drive up there after work and I will come up there and I will help you out there and we can come home together. Mm. Well, the shop was 45 minutes from where we lived and it's third. it was 30 minutes from where I worked. So I would wake up at eight in the morning or I would wake up at six in the morning, be at work by eight, work until five, drive 30 minutes to the shop, get there by 5.30, stay there till about 10, 9, 10, drive 45 minutes home, come home, cook, clean, and stay up till two, three in the morning just to spend time with him because I that's the only, only time that I had with him because we would sleep in during the days on the weekends and just not do anything. Yeah. But I would do that every day. Yeah. And that's for a 25-year-old, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> that's rough. I felt like a slave. Um, it isn't then, how you expect your 20s, is it really? It's not. You, you yeah. expect a bit more working up to that kind of maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just like, okay, here you go. You got to be mom. You got to be girlfriend. You got to be punching bag. You got to be all the yeah. above. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his, uh, the landlord was a racist bitch. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, but she was racist because he was Puerto Rican mm -hmm. and I was a white girl. So, you know, we're not supposed to be together, blah, 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 blah. Um, the shop started to flood. I, on top of me paying for the bills, the gas, the food, um, we were smoking 28 grams of weed every week, which in, is in North Carolina. That's $200 a week mm. for 28 grams of weed. Um, I was buying that every week on top of paying all the bills at the shop. Um, paying for the stuff to fix up the shop. 
because we we had to fix it up on our own. We redid the roof, we redid the ceiling, we redid the the the, the glass doors, and it was all on an eleven dollar an hour salary, not salary, mm. but eleven dollar an hour job. Yeah. I how the hell am I supposed to take care of everything on eleven dollars an hour? That's four hundred dollars every. Four, it was roughly four twenty, four fifty every week. Mm. I had nothing for myself. Um, all of the savings that I had was wiped out. Um, and then COVID hit, and it fucked him bad. And um, I also lost my job. So we were living off of the stimuluses, and I was living off of unemployment. And I was only getting two hundred dollars a week on unemployment that's $400 a month and going from $1,600 a month to $400 a month trying to take care of all the bills the food myself the cars the business blah, blah 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 so I'm also over here pushing my mental health aside trying to tell him it's gonna be okay like we I've got this we got this if we keep going something will come out of this and we can you know I've, I've always tried to be optimistic about everything because that's just what my grandfather has always taught me. Just yeah. if you go in thing, if you go into things with the negative mind, you're not going to get positive results. Um, as, as harsh as that may sound, I took that to heart and I ran with it. Yeah. Um, so then we were spending all day up there. Um, all he had to do was work on the cars. Um, I knew jack shit about the cars and I would answer the phone calls, pay the bills, deal with the landlord, um, check the people out, handle their money, blah, blah, blah. I was the backbone of this business. And um, I think it got towards September was when I started noticing some funky stuff. And you know, Whenever you feel something, you should go with your gut feeling. I didn't do it, but anyway, I uh, started seeing the signs of cheating. So I got the girl's number and I called her on my phone. And uh, I literally sat outside of the apartment that I'm in now on the phone while he was sleeping for two hours with her, just talking to her because I wanted to be the girl to have both sides of the story not assume he was cheating but get both sides of the story see if they line up and just go from there so after talking with her i realized that she was in a relationship she did have a girlfriend she was just coming down to visit wanted to hang out with him blah 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 blah. yeah well at the end of that conversation she she also decided to tell me oh yeah well your ex-girlfriend cheated on you with me on your birthday that year that all that stuff happened with you and her. So I'm like, okay, so why would you tell me that after we just had a conversation about me thinking you're cheating, my, my boyfriend's cheating on me with you. Mm. That's not something you want to tell somebody. (laughs) So I had to deal with that for a little bit. And then this girl and I became literally like best friends. She, I let her sleep right here on this couch. She slept there for three weeks uh, while her girlfriend was cheating on her. Every time she had anxiety attacks, she would call me. I'd let her vent. I would 
tell her some stupid funny jokes and just kind of make her giggle, just kind of get her mind off of it. And I even drove with this girl to Ohio to move her out of her uh, the place she was living because her girlfriend cheated on her. Mm. And uh, December 12th of 2020, um, my ex and I get into this big-ass fight at his parents' house. And it was so bad. Um, his whole family, like he's Puerto Rican, so he's got tons of family. Mm. So his older brother, his dad, his mom, and his older sister and his older sister's husband literally was standing in between us because he was this close from choking me to death. And the last thing he said in front of all of us was, I love you so much. I'll kill you right here, right now. And then I will kill myself just to prove it. So that brought back flashbacks immediately, immediately flashbacks. So I was like, fuck, I need to go like this. That's when I knew I was like, I just need to walk away. Yeah. Um, I never really had flashbacks of my stepdad, mm. um, but he, it was quite, quite more so often the, towards the end of last year was when I started noticing them. So his dad brought me home. It was like three in the morning. His dad brought me home and we didn't talk for a couple of days and my birthday is on December 18th. So this was six days before my birthday. And I've already had issues with my birthday where people didn't want to show up because the weather and it's too close to Christmas because December 18th, literally seven days later is Christmas. Mm. A lot of people are out of town and stuff. So I've just had a lot of bad shit happen on my birthday and it just sucks. (laughs) Um, And... uh, we had plans to go to an escape room and to dinner. He showed up 30 minutes late to the escape room and we didn't even go out to dinner because it was too late. So that upset me a lot. And we kept making reservations for the next day, the next day, the next day. Well, it was nothing but excuse after excuse after excuse. I want to be able to pay for it since you've been doing all this for me. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, bro, it's not about you paying for me. It's about just spending the time with, I'm all about time. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be materialistic. Just give me your time. That means way more to me than any type of anything because you can't get your time back. Mm -hmm. And if you love somebody, then you, you don't mind spending time with them. Um, So December 22nd came around and found out that it was this girl's birthday and he ditched me to go get drunk with her for her birthday. So I'm over here. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Uh, I was like, okay, Christmas Eve is in two days. We did Christmas Eve for my family on Christmas Eve because his, his dad's a pastor. So they're, they're super, super, super religious. So Christmas, I, changed my whole life just to make sure that he could get the holidays and we would do our holidays a day before um just because i knew how much it meant to him and so we spent all day at my grandparents house for christmas eve and it was so nice like it was nobody knew what was going on at all except for my mom nobody knew anything um he received a shit ton of money, 
tons of gifts and stuff. And I just, I had to let it happen. I couldn't be like, look, you can't give him anything. Cause then they would ask questions and I just a whole mess. I did not want to get into. Yeah. So he drops me off at home Christmas Eve and then Christmas comes along and he comes over. Um, we watch a movie before we go to his family's house. So I get in the car and it stunk. So I'm not going to tell you what it stank, <laughs> what it stank like, but there were handprints all over the windshield. There were ash cheeks all over the, the, the windows and her fake eyelashes were glued to the dashboard. And I'm like, bro, it's Christmas. Are you serious right now? So we wound up going to his house and had dinner and he was just in like some holy sweatpants and a raggedy shirt. And um, after dinner, like I, all, all I did was sit on the couch. I didn't really talk to anybody because I'm like, okay, this man really picked me up in his car that he just had sex in with this other girl. You know, I didn't want to say anything to anybody. Mm. And um, so he goes upstairs after dinner, takes a shower, puts on a nice button up shirt, nice pants, nice jeans. And I'm like, whoa. Where are you going? And he was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah. okay. So I get in the backseat of the car. I've never sat in his backseat of his his car ever. Mm. <laughs> I sat right behind him and he pulled up to the apartment and I got out and um, I just walked upstairs. I didn't give him a hug. Ki- I didn't give him a kiss. I didn't tell him I love him. I didn't do nothing. Soon as I walked through this front door, I walked in the bedroom and packed all of his shit and put it into a pile. Two days later, oh, okay. Two days later, hold on. Yeah, so two days later. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, he comes knocking on the door at like one thirty in the morning, and I'm like, "Who's knocking on my door this late?" Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't answer. I was like, "I'm sleeping." Yeah. I'm not gonna answer this. It's one thirty. Next thing I hear is the the key in the keyhole, and I'm like, oh, fuck. This is this is not going to be good, because if he yeah. walks in that room, he's going to flip his lid. Nobody's here, so it means he could try it. He, he could put his hands on me, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. He walks through the bedroom door, and it's just all hell breaks through, and... He was trying to put his hands on me, but I was actually defending myself this time because I had a right to. This is my home, not yours. I can defend myself. And I had to yell and scream at him, get get out. I'm going to call the police. It took a while before he did, but, you know, ever since then, he left. So partially, yes, I do think I am to blame for staying because... I should have left the second time he cheated on me. So I, I know it's not my fault, mm-hmm. um, but I do know that it is partially my fault because I stayed and it happened again, but it just got yeah. worse. So it's it's not necessarily that, that I'm, I'm being hard on myself. It's just I know that if I would have left, I would have avoided this situation. So which yeah. means I would have been able to work on myself sooner than what I have been able to. Because yeah. for the first time in fucking 27 years, I'm actually happy. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a good day. I mean, was there something then you say like from that and now you're happy? 
is there something that's other than just the fact that you can kind of go oh that fucker's gone and you know my stepdad's in prison apart from those things being things that are kind of good is the word but things that you know better was this better was there something that helped you move forward or is there something that's just been like okay I am a good person or anything like that uh, so what I learned that I had to do was I had to deal with the situation fully and mm. I had to let it take its toll. I couldn't get drunk. I couldn't smoke away the pain. I couldn't do anything to mask what I was trying to mask for so long. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. I think for the whole month of January, Mind you, during my whole relationship with him, I lost all my friends. I couldn't go hang out with anybody. I literally did not leave the house unless it was wherever he wanted to go, when he wanted to do it, and as long as it was with him. Yeah. So I lost my all of my freedom. My whole 20s, gone. Just gone. Um, so January and February, I literally spent those months straight laying on this couch sober sober as all get out and i just listened to music and i let every emotion get as deep as it could i was talking to my friend about this the other day too i even pushed myself to the lowest of the low like i was ready to kill myself again mm. that's how low i pushed myself but i knew that if I were able to do this and pull myself out on my own, doesn't matter how I'm going to do it. I didn't know how to do it. I still don't even know how the hell I did it. <laughs> but I can tell you that since I did that, whenever I can feel something just as, not just as close, but anything as similar to those feelings, I know what to do to prevent me from getting deeper yeah you've kind of recognized your own not mm -hmm. just triggers My, but you've recognized yeah. everything that's that's kind of leading up to it which mm -hmm. that's fucking hard to do to find it is <laughs> when you because a lot of the time I, i've said this to people about when people keep uh because you hear this thing from counselors and, and therapists all the time about having mood diaries mm -hmm. and i'm like that's no good if i don't know why the mood is there like i need mm -hmm. to know everything leading up to it, I need to know what I did the day before. I didn't know what I had for fucking breakfast because I might have remembered it. For the, like, it can be really difficult. So the fact that you are able to connect with that in any way is amazing and obviously very helpful. Um, it, I, I literally deprived my body of everything. I stopped eating for three weeks. Um, I didn't eat for three weeks. I maybe drank water once a week. I literally was depriving myself. I was, I was in a sense trying to kill myself, but I was trying to do it slowly because I felt that I needed to suffer. Like yeah. I was supposed to suffer and this is what I was supposed to do. And in me feeling that it, it, I, I'm only saying this because this is what worked for me. And I, I really do not recommend the way I did it <laughs> to anybody, anybody yeah. at all. But I deprived myself of so much that I, I was on the last straw. And then something in my mind clicked. I couldn't tell you what it was, 
I can't. I, I, even to this day, like, as I think about it, how did I get to where I'm at now? Um, but I pushed myself so, 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 so far and so low that anything could happen. It could go one or two ways. I could, it was like relearning everything. Like it was like I was, had to regrow up Mm. basically and had to relearn myself. So I felt like the need to allow not just what I went through with him, but my whole past, my stepdad, my dad, my, my siblings, my mom, the way she acted, the way, you know, my, my exit, my ex partners have treated me, me losing my best friends. Just, I felt everything at once. And I was like, okay, so I think I want to use what I've been through to be able to help people who feel like they can't get through it. I want to be one of the people who I'm still young. I, I, again, I'm 27. I'm still young. I have a whole lot of life to live and I'm pretty sure this is not going to be, or that's not going to be the last of the bullshit that I have to deal with. (laughs) But at least I know when I get to certain feelings and being certain situations and how they can make you feel, I can go about them a different way. Yeah. And when they do, I'm not saying that they're not going to bring me down, but when they do bring me down, it's because I'm so familiar with the feelings and what what to look for it's easier to go ahead and start bringing myself up yeah before it even gets too low it's a thing again about you know i've been here before i know the way out Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's yeah (laughs) it's it's, it's a very difficult thing i mean like like you say it's not something you'd you'd ever recommend Mm -mm. it is very um very reminiscent of siddhartha gautami um or the original buddha um who sat under a tree and didn't eat <laughs> drink um yeah i mean it's 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 definitely something i've heard before as well from a lot of people and i think probably thoughts that many of us have had is i should feel the pain mm-hmm. um and it also a, a lot of people that have self-harm background that you know not i know a lot of people have it as, as you said as a kind of a to feel something or just to just so it's there but and also for a lot of people it's that they must have that pain it's it's they don't understand why they shouldn't be in pain and it, it gets it's a very hard thing to, to get into um from that what has kept you has there been anything that's kind of you've you've latched onto with it like a, a different job or friends or to kind of keep because obviously it's it's great loving yourself and liking yourself mm-hmm. and stuff like but there's much as there's a load of LA yoga studios that won't like me for this comment, but there's only so far self-love can take you yeah. um, before somebody else has got to reach out or somebody else has got to give you a hug too. So has there been something else with that or? Um, well, I have um, actually in December when all of this was happening, um, I, I started streaming on twitch in like september october when my ex was like hey you should do this because your personality people would love you blah 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 well 
as that went on, he was just, it was just no support. Anything that I did, that was no support. So I just didn't feel confident in doing things yeah. for myself. Um, I came across Nom Panda Nom in December. I was just looking through Twitch one night and literally the night I was going to end my life too, because of everything with my ex, um, I clicked on her, her stream and immediately was hooked. Her energy was fantastic. I was like, okay. So I started going back to her streams and stuff and started talking in her chat, started, okay, maybe I could be friends with her. And to this day, she is my best friend. She is one of my best friends. And I was even talking about this in Jigs' stream. Um, if it If I did not come across Panda... I wouldn't have called the suicide hotline. That was the first time I've ever called the suicide hotline. And I, 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 it's weird. I don't think the suit, in my opinion, the suicide hotline is just a generic way of saying, Hey, it'll be okay. Let me get you some actual help. You know what I'm saying? Which sounds bad, but it, it, it actually helped me at the time. Mm. And, um, I got to know Panda on a personal level and kind of let her in a little bit and she started showing me support she started helping me open my eyes to see like hey there's this light about you somewhere that you can help somebody mm. and then she introduced me to a few other streamers and I fucking, I have the best friends that I've met on Twitch and I'm actually going to be meeting some of them next month. So I'm like super excited and yeah. I've been trying to find a career that I could get placement in mm -hmm. or advanced, advanced placement. And it just, because they've been pushing me so much, I've started to work a bit harder and once that started to happen, I landed a, I landed one of my dream jobs. I now work in aviation. So yeah. I can literally go anywhere in aviation. I could become a pilot. I could become a captain. I could become anything within aviation if I wanted to because my foot is now in the door. Yeah. And being able, being able to, to wake up and actually go to a job that I've worked my ass off to get to, not just in a professional way, but my whole life, mm. <laughs> my whole life, I've worked my ass off to, to be able to get to a company that I can wake up and be happy to go to work every day. I can be happy to, to want to be motivated to take care of myself. And then I have, these wonderful friends that are actually not here to take from me, but they want to help me grow and being able to find that. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like if I did not find Panda, I really don't know. I, I don't know. I could, yeah. that's all I can say is I don't know. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, I think it's a really cool thing. Cause I mean, I've, I've done this podcast with a load of people now from a load of different places. Some of them from platforms like Twitch, some of them from TikTok, some of them that are just, you know, literally experts in their field from universities. You know, mm -hmm. I've done it with ev fucking everyone. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the one thing that comes through is, although I have done it with people that have had a lot of issues with social media, because um, I don't think people seem to class Twitch as social media. It really right. is. Um, it is. It is. But, it's a networking place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's so many people that seem to have, when, from the, the difference between those that have had bad things with um, social media, where it has caused, you know, one or two people really bad times, but then for a lot of people, it almost seems to be the key to them being here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a Twitch is the one that I've heard the most of. And also TikTok, uh, you know, um, I did, I uh, I've done that. this with, with Call Me Chris, um, who has like, what, 30 million um, subscriber followers now, probably more than that now. Chris, if you're ever looking back at this, <laughs> I did tell you you'd get there. Um, <laughs> I, so I've done, I've done two with, um, with Call Me Chris, one before she hit it big, um, where we were all still making jokes about her colouring her hair, and then mm-hmm. it happened. Um, but she says herself in in one of those um, podcasts about the fact that although she was similar to you, she was kind of over it or she was getting through stuff. And then that on top has made sure that although there are still, there's always going to be dips because that's what mental health is. It's a, it's a kick in the crotch every now and again, but it's something to sustain you. And like you say, you've you've managed to find friends there, which is, which is is amazing. Um, you know, and obviously your, you know, your Twitch is below the same as mine and the resource and everything as well. Um, I mean, it is, it is really good that that's, that that's been able to help you um, and that you've got somewhere to come out of it. I mean, yeah, I still, um, (laughs) Twitch is still hard for me, honestly. Um, I have a panic attack every time I go to stream. I haven't, I don't even, it's been like, I think a week and a half, two weeks since I've streamed anyway, because I've just been trying, I've just been so busy getting my foot in the door with this new career. I literally just started this career a week and a half ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, (laughs) it's been super crazy. I don't know anything about aviation and I'm learning absolutely everything all at once. And it's Mm. just mind blowing. Um, and the fact that even though I don't stream like I used to, they're still there. Like yeah. I talk to her all day, every day. Like there's two that I talk to all day, every day that I've met from Twitch and that's Nom Panda Nom and Sloth Bag. And um, that I'm actually going to meet Sloth next month. He's like my little brother now. But whenever I, I've never played a game by myself on stream, I have never streamed by myself i've always had somebody who streams the same day stream like i do um and i'm always playing with people which is panda sloth you know just my main group of friends i'm always playing with somebody and that's because of my anxiety my anxiety Mm. is so bad because yes i'm happy and i feel fine and i feel great about myself but just because I feel great, if I'm live streaming, I still have those thoughts of somebody's not going to like me for whatever reason it may be. Yeah. I may be too loud. I may sound like a man. I don't know. My head might be too big. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but all these thoughts run through my brain literally as I'm getting ready to go live. And then I'm like, okay, so what if I miss somebody's chat or what if I say the wrong thing or what if I don't respond quickly enough or what, what, how do I focus because I can't focus of my ADHD, 
I can't focus for too long on one thing, I'm going to bounce back and forth. And what if I miss something that somebody's going to hate me for it? So I still yeah. have the anxiety, the streamer anxiety. That's yeah. what I like to call it. Streamer anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's, there's plenty of partners that I know. Um, anybody that's watching that has no idea what the fuck Twitch is. Um, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a streaming platform. It was originally forget. Well, actually, no, it wasn't. Originally, it was, it, was a, it was originally just in TV. Um, that was a completely just random it was like youtube but for stream for, but you spoke directly then it became twitch which was just for gamers uh, but now it's basically for anyone that wants to stream um but it's where you can connect with people and, and stream like that and um there's levels like you can be a, somebody just watches you can just be a streamer be an affiliate streamer that just means you've you've hit certain goals and then partner streamers are like that's the higher thing where they're they're able to uh, some of them can actually earn a like a decent living from it um and i know people that are that are partners um that friends that i've made through twitch went before they became partners that are now partners who are just there just going uh, like I've, I've seen them even comment i've heard them comment about like does everyone else still feel this way as well like mm -hmm. shouldn't i be over oh, yeah. this now because i'm a partner yeah. like, um and it doesn't seem to necessarily go away especially if you don't have a background in something like that i mean obviously there's some people that are just used to it because maybe they did public speaking or something like that and so they're used to it but for a lot of people it is still very hard and like you say you, you have anxiety and ocd and adhd and so it's your mind is still although you've come through a lot of this mm -hmm. i think that's the thing to make um relevant to people is even if you come through a shit show which it doesn't go away it doesn't go away it doesn't suddenly go oh you're okay now you know because mm -hmm. we get those comments from people all the time of like well why are you depressed or why do you have this because you're fine i'm like how how long do you want a, a run before i punch you in the face um yeah. you know it, it doesn't work like that that's not what mental health is but i think there's a lot of people that just think well everything's fine now but of course it's still that that battle that you're going through but obviously you're now in a position where that battle is one that you can stand there with a sword and shield and go fuck you <laughs> it, it does yeah to a point yes it <laughs> does it does have the days where it wins it still yeah. wins sometimes um i still i i still am that person that have to be um what's that word i'm looking for um I still have to be told that I mean something to somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of the word, but my mind is just like, okay, now here goes the hamster wheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still need reassurance. There we go. I ah, still need a lot okay. of reassurance. Yeah. Um, because I have to make sure that what I'm doing is one being noticed especially by the people that I'm around because I don't want to be around people and they not notice my growth and then not want to grow themselves. Um, two, I don't want them to look at me and be like, yo, what the fuck is she doing? Um, but I also want to know that since, since I've never really had that guidance, I still need to make sure that I'm doing the right quote unquote right thing. Yeah. or going in the right direction and if you find if you find even one person that that can look at you and just be like i can tell you've been hurt and i'm proud of where you came from and i'm proud of where you're going keep doing it then that that's what's helped me as much as possible 
and um i was trying to she likes to mess with him a lot um (laughs) (laughs) and being able to to still i still have my nights where i lose uh, but it doesn't get as bad as it used to because I know I know how to talk myself up a little bit, just yeah. a little bit, just enough to be able to make it quote unquote bearable. Um, I I still I I've studied psychology too, so I kind of mm. I I like studying people. I like studying how they how they think, how they move, how they work, how they how they react to things, how, you know, when somebody lies, sometimes people blink too much when they lie. And sometimes when they're nervous, you can see the little fidgeting and stuff like that. Like, it's just little things like that, that I notice. Mm. So I, I still search for certain things. Um, and even if it is just going into, I'm going to use Dave as an example. Um, <laughs> Mindset by Dave, anyone wondering? Mindset yeah. <laughs> by Dave, yes. Um, I, I think I've seen like two streams before I actually like started talking in his chat. And I remember he's, I, he still talks about this to this day, but the very first time he showed up in my stream, I was starstruck. I was, he clipped it too. And I was just like, Dave is a celebrity. Like he's a fucking celebrity because even just. I, I got that sense of reassurance just listening to him talk, just listening to where he came from. And that that was a bit of a inspiration for me to, okay, it's okay to talk about what you went through. It's okay for people to know where where you're coming from and that you've been this low and this high and you've been riding this roller coaster because everyone goes through different situations but seeing how they can handle it and turn turn their their situation into a better outcome and how it develops their character even just listening helps because i i could sit here and talk to somebody who literally could be getting ready to kill themselves and they're just listening to what I'm saying and they're just like, okay, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. So let's, you know, let me just listen to her and just kind of, it's not that I'm telling you what to do, but I'm giving you a bit of an outline of how I did it. And it's kind of being able to plug yourself in and see what can I do to make myself better. Yeah. And so that was, that was my, that was basically my inspiration was just listening to Dave speak and it, yeah, it got me to the point where I didn't want to want to open up about things like this because I'm like, what if somebody takes what I've been through and uses it against me? Because that's my biggest fear. I have huge, huge, huge abandonment issues. I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Huge, huge, huge abandonment issues. Um, Because somebody that I thought was supposed to be my hero literally left me on the side of a fucking road at five years old (laughs) with no type of communication, didn't even care, didn't even bat his eyes to look back and make sure, oh, is she okay? Mm. So I don't want to use, I don't want to be able to have people use my story against me become close with me and then just, okay, we're gone. 
So yeah. Dave has just been, Dave has helped me mentally prepare myself to be able to speak on things like this to show people that I have been able to learn that things were not my fault and I can find even the slightest bit of happiness somewhere out of a situation, take it and run and hopefully expand that while I still struggle with my brain because I still struggle with my brain. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I like still say, struggle very, very much yeah. so. It's, it's going to be a, it's a constant thing. It's a pain, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you say Dave, it's because obviously um, I know you've, you've been in, in my, my stream a, a, at least once. Um, oh yeah. Quite, I, I lurk a lot. I just, cause I, cause I work during the days when yeah. all, everyone from the UK, cause the five hour oh, difference, yeah. I'm just like, Oh, I can't so say many much, people, but I listen. <laughs> so many people. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm still at work. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But it is mm -hmm. quite funny because me and Dave have for, for the big things have very similar ideas. Mm -hmm. We, we disagree about little things, but they're more, they're more, we're being pedantic with each other rather than actual disagreements. Um, but what I find really fun is that the, the, we are somewhat of an anomaly, the two of us, in our thinking of, um, at least in the UK, an anomaly, because uh, uh, the idea of opening up and not saying, you know, don't do this or don't do that, because it's not fucking helpful. When yeah. you know Dave does tell a story about someone that was telling the uh, of the the suicide of their their brother, and somebody in the crowd just um you know put their hand up and said, "Oh well, you shouldn't have said commit suicide. We meant to say this." It's like she's telling a fucking story about her, her brother. You dickhead. Yeah. Um, but that's the, the way that me and Dave both have the same very. View. I mean, we we literally both did a, a podcast together for uh, suicide prevention uh, suicide mm -hmm. prevention social media, literally on that um where. I like the fact that something like Twitch has the ability to have someone like me or Dave, who we're not, neither of us call ourselves professionals. Both of us have an interest. Both of us have an education in certain things. We both have lived experience and we agree on certain things, but we are not delivering it in the same way at all. Right. Dave is far more jovial than I am. He is far more, um, especially if you're in the UK, his accent is far more, relatable for a lot of people um that may not make a lot of sense hey everyone welcome back um that wasn't just me doing really shoddy editing and um hopefully it wasn't um that that uh, that miranda just got completely fucking bored of me but it was actually her internet um yeah. for some reason uh, the internet in the uk is better and i've never quite understood that but there we go um anyway <laughs> So, I wish I had better internet. <laughs> ah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yours is certainly not the worst. The worst one I've ever come across was when me and uh, Call Me Chris did our first pod podcast. That was oh. a shit show. Um, no. <laughs> so you're not the worst. Don't worry. But um, yeah, I, what I was uh, basically saying was um, about the fact that it's so good that you've been able to find someone like that that can that can do that from that's from across the pond you know thousands of miles away um because with me and dave we have a lot of similarities in how we we approach things mm -hmm. um well so how we think of things but our approach is very different mm -hmm. so you know i'm not the happy-go-lucky one i am the moody fucker yeah. i am the one that will you know if somebody if if 
I, I always have the fun because, of course, especially on Twitch, you get trolls. When they go into certain people's streams, especially when there's a mental health tag, they think, oh, yeah, we can have fun with them. And they probably can get away with it. When they come into mine, I tend to rip them a new one because fuck you. It's not yeah. about, it's not, and that's mainly because it's not about me. Like, I don't care if people are having a go at me because I don't fucking care. You don't know me. You don't know who I am. You don't like piss off. Um, yeah. I'm an adult, you fucking two year old. But the, the bigger <laughs> problem is everybody else in my chat. The reason most people in my chat, I mean, some of them because they're friends, they just want to support me. But obviously, there's a lot of people because it's a mental health chat who have mm -hmm. issues that they talk about. Yeah. So somebody being a dickhead in my chat isn't acceptable. But obviously, some people have a more of a patience. I don't. So yeah. whereas, whereas Dave is the guy that does have on like one of his channel point redeems of like, yeah, I'm going to play a song and I'm going to wear a hand. And also for some people, especially in the UK, his accent is far more relatable. Mm -hmm. he, he, he has... Um, especially for when I, if I, because I, my voice is faster now. If I slow it down to my original accent, I tend to sound a little bit more up my own ass. <laughs> I, I, I do have, I do have near, especially when I talk slowed down because I have a speech impediment, speeds me up. Um, but I, I have near to the received pronunciation. And so obviously some people are going to also find me and go, well, I'm not talking to that posh twat. Um, whereas David's like, you know, he's that Liverpool kind of fucking, all right. Yeah. He doesn't sound quite that bad because he's, he's dumbed down his voice a little bit, but you know, it's that kind of, yeah, he just sounds like that. That's fine. So it's great that there are people who agree, but have different um, approaches on, on Twitch. And it's great that you have been able to find someone thousands of miles away from that, that's had that approach that does just have the opinion of, yes, talk about it. It's affected you. So can talk about it it's not this bullshit of trauma jumping that fucks me yeah. off no it's we're triage somebody is in fucking need right now they need to mm -hmm. talk they need help you going oh well it's not right ah fuck off um yeah. <laughs> like you know yeah. at least have resources on your chat that's that's the thing i think is, is great um i did want to uh just can i quickly go back on to something because I don't, yeah, think, God. I don't think we talked about it or maybe we did and it just it just kind of got glossed over what made you tell your mother? Um, my ex-girlfriend at the time, she she was trying to get me to tell her anyway, because that's something that she felt that a mom should know. Um, just because um, I think it was because my mom walked in one night while I was self-harming. Right. And okay. um, she didn't understand at the time she didn't understand what it meant to self-harm to somebody who was a self-harmer yeah. um and at the time all i all i could tell you was just because i don't feel anything maybe if i do this i'll feel it yeah um and now that i'm older i can actually tell you like more into what you know than what i used to say it was yeah it's okay so it was it was basically my mom walked in while i it's was bit, cutting myself yeah yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a bit of two things of like like you know some some kind of pushing from someone but also because it was as i mean of all the ways to to express to to someone um that you know i was abused is that yeah i'm 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 hurting myself is yeah in itself traumatic for you and your mother i mean i think that that we can't skip over the fact that that is another trauma on top of you that someone like your mother is finding you doing that and then you're having to relive why you're doing that when you're still, you know, it's, I mean, it, 
very early 20s starting to really find yourself and especially in the US where 21 is basically that's kind of when starts yeah, well that's mm-hmm. when when you be, start to begin to be an adult like mm-hmm. over here it's 18 but for you a lot of things are closed off and so you're not really a, an, adult an adult properly until adult. 21 yeah that's yeah. when you start to find things um so it's it's very very difficult um kind of going through that as well i mean it's hard to it's hard to kind of even engage in one part of it because obviously you're your whole journey has seemingly been as if Limony Snicket's was written by the fucking devil. Um, it's. I would never like, wish any of this on yeah, anybody. That's the thing. And it's, it's very, it's very hard to try and um, come to, well, it's not even come to terms with. Do you have, well, actually on that, do you feel like, obviously you had that, that time where you, you know, you deprived yourself and you, you'd come to it and something, clicked but do you feel that you have come to terms with stuff or is it just a kind of i have come to terms with who i am but i haven't come to terms with what the fuck just happened to me for the past 27 years um i think it's a bit of both to be honest um i because i am at the age where i can sit here and begin to think okay what was going through his mind when he was doing it and what was going through my mind when it was happening to me? Does it mix? Does it match? Is it, does it line up? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly overanalyzing things. So I'm constantly trying to piece together something just to, just to see if I can come up with a solution. Um, I, I have come to terms that it wasn't my fault. Like I fully yeah. believe now that it was not my fault, yeah. but I can't, I, I, the only way that I can feel that I feel like that I've got to this point was being able to actually, I don't, I don't know if you heard Jigs's podcast with Dave. Um, I think that's, that's when I realized that I'm not the only one that it happens to. Um, I'm not the only one that has gone through something of the sort or had the same feelings or yada, yada, yada. And just being able to not necessarily, I'm going to say compare, but I'm not necessarily comparing, but being able to compare similar thoughts and being able to talk to somebody who has those similar thoughts or had those similar thoughts to figure out how they tried to make those actions co coexist with their mind yeah. is kind of what helped me start to believe that it wasn't my fault. Um, Jigs is a fantastic human being. I love the legendary Jigs two fucking pieces. And I, I'm I'm fully, fully behind that a broken person tends to mend with other broken people because when you're broken enough, you guys can quote unquote fix each other without realizing that you're fixing each other. So what I mean by that is, is before I knew Jigs's story, I was, you know, I keep saying my energy and my personality and stuff, but that's, that's what they tell me is just 
me being energetic or just me me actually taking the time to actually care about somebody because I, I know it's, it's hard to care about people. It's hard to care about a lot of people, but and it's hard to believe that people actually care about you. Um, but it's not hard for me to 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 show you and tell you that I actually care about you. Mm. And it's being able to show people that it does get tiring. Yes, it does. But I also know that sometimes when I try to open up to people, they're just wanting to know what's wrong with me to help make me feel better. But at the same time, they probably don't give a fuck of how bad it is. They just want to know that, but that's just the way my mind thinks. But I want, I want to be that person that if they believe that, then I can show them that there are genuine people in the world. Mm. Just because they haven't had their hand at genuinity, I want to show them that it's here. It exists. It's still around, you know, and being able to do that with people who have not been through the exact same thing, but something similar or something that at least gives you the main thought process of something being the similar mindset of being able, oh, I'm not enough. Nobody cares. I'm alone, even though I have all these people, you know? So I just, I feel that it's necessary to be somebody, not necessarily, but I I chose to be how I am because I know what it's like to be in that spot. I know what it's like to blame yourself. I know what it's like to wish you were dead. I know what it's like to, to have to do literally everything on your own, because that's all I know. I've done everything on my own. I've tried to go to therapists. They've told me multiple times they couldn't help me. And it was just tried to load me up with medicine just to get the money. That's when I started studying psychology, blah, blah, blah. That's just how yeah. they are here. They're greedy fucks here. I was going to say, but... yeah, I mean, they're, 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 I mean, it's, it's pain recognizing pain, isn't it? It's, it's one of those mm-hmm. things. It's, and yeah, I, I've, yeah, anybody that's heard me on any, anybody else's <laughs> podcast will hear about my views on the American medical system. Yeah, um, it sucks. Yeah. Anybody, anybody in England complaining about the NHS? Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> just because I'm literally this close. <laughs> I'm literally this close to moving over there just for the healthcare because I have um, lung issues. This close. <laughs> yeah, I always love it when Americans, uh, when when idiot Americans, um, talk about you know well, we have the best doctors. No, you don't. No, we don't. Uh, Germany, Italy, UK, mm-hmm. Canada, they have the best doctors. <laughs> like, yep. They leave America to go somewhere. Else. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is it is like you we don't have that system that the, the way that drugs have been over there just doesn't exist in the uk or actually anywhere else on the planet um it is it is very strange um the thing it's always it always it's always worse especially when i we when a lot of us interact i think dave probably agree with this as well when we interact with americans um about mental health because it's hard even like we say pain recognizes pain and we can like we can see some of the the, the shit but me and Dave have had the advantage of an, of, of, of a health system. And it's like, there's, there's stuff that can help us there and other people like that have come in and then it's just like, Oh God, you've, you're like, you've also been kicked by this. 
And this is also then try to fucking get get to you. And it's just, yeah. And I mean, it's why a lot of people um, advocate and it seems to have started to get a bit more um, kind of steam around it in the US for peer support, mm -hmm. because whatever your, your thoughts on it or, or anything behind it, the, the fact that the people you're talking to have lived experience as you were saying, it's that kind of pain, recognizing pain. You can kind of, there's some kind of connection in some way you can kind of go, okay, you're not going to just going to try and load me with drugs. You're not going to try and do this. You actually kind of get it. You, you kind of, you, you don't know, but you do. I just, the way I feel about therapists is, is if I'm going to talk to somebody about the shit that goes through my brain, I want to talk to somebody who can at least be able to relate to have at least been able to go through certain situations that can get their mind to the same spot that my mind has at least been in a couple of times. Yeah. I don't want to go to somebody who's, you know, mommy and daddy have taken care of them the whole life and they've had everything they've ever wanted and they became a therapist to try and help other people. I don't want to go talk to somebody. I'd rather go talk to somebody who has been raped or who has been neglected or who mm. has been abandoned because it may not be the same type of abandonment or neglection or situation, whatever it may be, but it does result in the same, not the same thought process, but it does arise almost the same thoughts or at least some thoughts on the same, uh, the same, the same line, just like on the same subject, like, abandonment it, it may not be to my extent of being abandoned but if you yeah my boyfriend left me and or something just a, a minuscule of abandonment just being able to talk to somebody who has been abandoned in any way is a lot easier than talking to somebody who doesn't understand what the hell they're talking about yeah yeah it's is that it's it's a connection that you just kind of go uh, you you've had something there, there's something there that you you just kind of get which is it, it's a it's an element that i think it's just impossible for some people to realize because mm -hmm. like like we said earlier it, it's difficult even if you have the same issue or you have the same background so then when you add in the idea that that they don't have that background they don't have that issue for, yeah. for a lot of people not everybody some people can deal with it but for some people it's just eh. i mean i'm i'm i know people that talking therapies and everything has helped I it does not fucking help me. Mm -hmm. I get pissed it off. It doesn't I've help also, me either. <laughs> I've also studied psychology and various things, and all I tend to do is basically tell them what book they're reading from, um, mm -hmm. and it, it irritates fuck out of me. But I know that there are waves of people that does help. But it's I think that the great thing is, and it's kind of how you said it as well, is it's finding what works for you, whether that is however you've done it. Like you said, it's the way you do it is not something that should you'd ever advocate to anybody but it were for you and it's, it's things like that it's like it, what what is right for you is right for you you know that that's it that's the answer it's right for you then then that's right you know you can't tell someone that it, if it's worked then it worked there's no real debate about that there's not like if it has genuinely worked for that person then it it, it did work it's like if, you know if you play pool with someone and you you call a shot and it comes off of the, the the bays it hits off of something else but it still goes in the same pocket then it worked it doesn't matter that that was a fluke shot 
it, mm-hmm. it went in the fucking pocket. It worked. So it worked. It doesn't going. matter how yeah. it worked. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the that's the, the thing there. So um I mean I think we've covered pretty much everything. I've I tried my best because I have a tendency to talk over people, as many people listening, <laughs> watching these podcasts will know, because let's be honest, look at me. I'm I'm the definition of fucking privilege. I it's just built in. <laughs> um so I try not to. Uh, but I think we've covered quite um quite a lot of bits. Was there anything that you'd like to kind of add on or you, or you think that I I brushed over when I've talked about it or something like that so I I just think that um I I know it's so cliche to say but I just I just feel like people need to talk more about what's going on in their 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 brain especially I I'm not going to exclude the females but ex- especially men like I I know so many people who who are men who go through mental health issues and when they start to talk about it half the people are just ha 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 yeah okay sure you you can't feel that deep just i don't know just yeah i mean don't read a don't judge a book by its cover just just be just be genuine that's all i can say that's the hippie in me is just be genuine (laughs) (laughs) i don't even think it's there i think that that just makes sense i mean i don't know what the, the stats are in america but in the uk the largest killer of any kind of men under 40 is suicide. Yep. I think that's the same here. I think the, yeah. yeah. Heart disease is, um, is heart disease and heart attacks are number two. Um, but yeah, the, to, to the fact that something that is related to mental health, that's why I find it fucking insane. And yes, I've used the word insane for mental health. Fuck off anyone that's having a go at me. Stop, go, gatekeep, <laughs> go gatekeep something else. I don't care. Um, the fact that, that's something that's affecting mental health against anything else you know against accidents against medical issues against everything else it's number one for men under 40 it's just unbelievable you know it's that's such a a wide thing as well it's not like it's oh it's between this age no no no. all men under 40 and that's not to say that um that obviously women don't have problems we fucking know we've just done two hours of the shit show (laughs) that Twisted has had to go through. (laughs) Um, But there is is an an inbuilt thing, as you say, that when men talk, talk, they're they're pushed down. The thing is, is if if one man talks, you get pushed down. If 50 uh, men talk um, in that way, it's a lot harder to to, to push down. And I know there's men out there that are are worried. And and like I say, I automatically talk over people. I tend to warn people that I'm going to do it because I know I can't help it. I... I want to, but I can't. But that doesn't mean that if you have that thing, it doesn't mean that the the shit that's in your head that you need to be made clear shouldn't be said because of your fear of something else. You should still make those points. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think in, in general, I think the things to, 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 to be clear about is that everything you're going through right now, whoever you are, whatever you're going through, I as we have just been through this, and if anyone's still listening, firstly, well done um but i think as has been shown here you can get through it no matter what it is like no matter what it is there's there's so many things that can happen and i also know that saying those words right now mean fuck all to you i'm well aware that you're going yeah okay but you don't know and fuck you i know i know that however i'm hoping that you might watch this podcast again or listen to this podcast and then you might do it again. And at some point, something might stick. 
doesn't matter what it is. Something. Yeah, keep trying. Um, I know that you won't listen to me. You know, who the fuck? <laughs> but you know, it is true. You can get through it, and you will get through it. You know, those um, as Twisty said, there are days when she when she loses against those demons. I tend to think of it as there's days when the the demons may gain some ground um, and they might win a battle, but they're never going to win the war. The fact that you are listening to this, the fact that you're you're getting up, the fact that you're talking to someone, anything that you're doing right now is a show that those demons aren't winning. They are they may have took an extra step of of ground against you, but you've still got the fucking castle. You've still Mm -hmm. got the high ground. So fuck the demons. They've got to work harder than you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the more the demons shout you down is because they're frightened shitless, yep. because you're doing it right. It's not exactly. because you're losing, it's because you're doing it right and they have no other weapon than to shout you down. Yep. Um, so thank you very much for, for joining me, um, uh, uh, for M- Miranda. I was going to say Twisted. I'm trying to say <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> that, for, those, for anyone that's listening, also the um, the people that we've mentioned, um, uh, the, le- the legendary Jigs, Mindset yes. by Dave, you can find them on Twitch. Yes. I know we used some names there. Those are the, the Twitch names. You can find them on Twitch. Also, um, uh, Miranda, not Twisted Miranda. <laughs> um, Twisted Hippie is, is going to be underneath as well. The, the link to the, the Twitch um, channel there as well, as well as um, for mine, which is a mental health stream. On top of that, there's going to be a link to my resources. Now, anyone going to that resources page, Yes, the main page, if you get there, is set to the UK because I specifically picked those resources and they are for, you know, everything you think of. However, if you go to the top of the page that is linked at the top, it says worldwide. If you click on there, it will take you to a website that can find you the resources across the world. doesn't matter if you're in America, Canada, Australia, it doesn't matter. There will be resources for you there. So if you're worried about someone else, you're worried about yourself or you just don't know who the fuck else to talk to. that is where it's a good idea to go to um thank you everyone for joining me and thank you again miranda and we will see you all next time thanks